0: Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. As we start a new series, it's only a couple weeks. I started saying it's the songs of Christmas and I lied. It's just going to be the song of Christmas. I was going to cover two, but I'm just going to cover one in the next two Sundays. And um, because when we go to sing songs, especially Christmas songs, there are so many and so many different versions. I have, usually every year I, I buy a new Christmas album to see what's up and what you know what new music's out there and how they've redone different things. But of all the songs in the world, let me ask you: What is the best-selling song of all time? Silent Night? No. White Christmas. White Christmas sold over, I mean, literally 50 million hard copies. 50 million of them. And this is not just free down. This is when you actually bought an album and played it. Uh, I just got done watching White Christmas with Bing Crosby and it is one of my traditional movies that usually sets off the about that many movies that I have of DV form that I worked through during this time. Saw my C several times. And yesterday I was rocking out to Messiah Rocks. So I got a lot of different versions of the Christmas story and Christmas music. But even though it says that The White Christmas is the most popular song, Bing Crosby 1942, I have to argue that that's not the most published and requested song. Because if it's true that the the best-selling book in the entire world that's ever been there has been the Bible, it's number one. It says over five billion copies have been sold of the Bible since they started keeping track of things. And that's not counting downloads and new versions that are on your phones, five billion copies. Well, in that Bible that you have, there's 185 songs in that Bible. 185 different songs. Now, the Psalms, that means songs, is 150 of those, so that still leaves a lot of songs that are in the Bible. One of the first songs that was ever sung in the Bible was by Moses, and you find that in Exodus. The last song in the Bible sung is by Moses, and you find that in Revelation 15. And a bunch of songs in between. You have Psalm 119, which is the longest psalm, uh, 1,732 words. The shortest song is in 2 Chronicles 5. It's only seven words long. But the song I want to cover today is Mary's song. Because there's a song there in Luke. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke, because that's where we're going to be camping out today. Luke chapter 1. And in Luke chapter 1, it is Luke... He is a doctor and, and a historian and he writes Luke and he writes Luke and the book of Acts and really one book, we've broken them up in our Bibles but Luke and Acts are one book and he's writing to his friend, and he's very particular in, on what stories and what he wanted to include in the gospel of Luke. Luke 1 verse 1 starts off this way. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and the servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything. He was one, and he was very important into facts And Luke 1 is a lot of facts, a lot of stories. And these stories, not that he includes all the stories of Jesus, but the ones particular, from the beginning it says, it seemed good also for me to write an orderly account. So he's putting this in an order of account of order of things that have come. Most excellent Theophilus. This is his friend. So that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So his friend had been taught things about Jesus but now he decides I'm going to write an account. As a matter of fact I'm going to go home I'm going to research every bit of it, every dash every I'm going to interview people because Jesus, Luke was never an eyewitness of Jesus himself so he had to go back and interview all these people and make sure he had a, an orderly account of everything for the purpose that his friend would be encouraged by the stories that he wrote. Not stories of uh, being false, but stories that were true, that his faith was based on. And now I want you to read these things as they happened. So Luke chapter 1, it's, it's a long chapter. It includes both The vision that uh, Zechariah had uh, of the birth of John the Baptist. It has has Mary being visited by the angel, much like that movie clip shown. And then it has Mary's song, and then it has Zechariah's song. And that's where I was going to go into Zechariah's song, but we're just going to split Mary's song into two and cover that because there's some great stuff here. But Mary is visited by an angel, and an angel tells her in verse 30 of Luke 1, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary you've been found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I know some of you have been in church long enough. You've heard stories about Mary and Have to understand, historically, in Roman times, a girl could marry as young as the age of 12. A boy, it was a little bit later, because they mature slower, at the age of 14. And the Jews had that same kind of thing that women, young women, were dedicated. They were engaged to men in their, between 12 and 15 years old that that was for a lot of reasons but the Jews held to that as long as and also the boys in that 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 way at 12 to 15 in their that would guarantee their virginity and men with daughters you understand that hey arranged marriages at 12 15. yeah i like that idea let's let's do that let's let's arrange that again and this patrol though was a binding patrol though and so you have to keep in mind that mary is somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15 years old. So don't lose that as she's beginning to talk and beginning to see everything that's coming about and that she's experiencing from a teenager. And so here's this couple, they've been betrothed. Mary's been betrothed to, to Joseph, which means that it could be within a year of an engagement that took place. Mary would get her affairs in order and the man, Joseph, would be building a home for them to live in. They didn't live together until the wedding that was to take place. And it's in the midst of this where she's in that teenage years that an angel visits her and tells her that she's going to birth the son of God. And the first thing she does is not go tell Joseph Because in the storyline, you go, okay, she runs and tells Joseph, and Joseph, well, what am I going to do now? That's not what happened. The first thing she does is not go tell her parents. The first thing she does is goes and visits her, her relative, Elizabeth, who she was also told was pregnant. And she's much farther along. She's about six months along at this point in time when Mary goes to Elizabeth. And it says in Luke 145 that when Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary, the baby inside of her moved and jumped because of the sound of Mary's voice. And this is Elizabeth saying, as blessed is she who has believed and what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Now, Just a little thing about Mary here. Within Baptist churches, they don't spend a lot of time talking about Mary, okay? Um, Which is sad because Mary is blessed. Mary is exalted. Mary, I mean, she, she, she was unique. She's bearing the Son of God. The danger is, is that some have taken, some churches have taken Mary and brought it to a place that is not true either. I mean, the Baptists have kind of neglected Mary along the way, but there are other churches that kind of put her, that she was sinless, that she was forever a virgin. She, you know, And when she died, her body and soul were taken up to heaven, and that Mary is the dispenser of grace. The problem is you don't find that anywhere in the Bible. It doesn't speak of that anywhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, it kind of speaks the opposite in regards to that. There's a place in Luke 11 where... Someone calls out of the crowd to Jesus after hearing him talk in Luke eleven twenty seven. Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you, he replied. But his response was, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Later in Luke, it talks about that when his mother and brothers showed up to seek him, Jesus is your mother and brothers are outside, and Jesus' response was, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So you don't see Jesus elevating Mary to a position that she wouldn't have wanted, nor is anywhere in the scripture given to her. Mary is special, Mary is blessed, but so is everyone else who obeys the word of God. Okay, that's what the scriptures say. Blessed are those who not only hear, but obey as well. And so I wanna, because I know some of you were raised Catholic and, and, you know, and you know, there's a lot of teaching. There's some teaching probably many of you guys have that, well, I think that's in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. You were just told that. And I encourage you to verify <clears throat> what I'm saying. Go to the scriptures yourself. Look it up. Don't just believe it because I say it, all right? Um, there's too much of that going on in today's world. But Mary is not the dispenser of grace. She's the receiver of that grace. She's a recipient of it. And... There are those who want to pray, the people that pray to Mary, they pray to the saints, they pray to the parents. I'm gonna tell you guys, only God hears my prayers. I do not pray to mom and dad. They're just not waiting for me to say a prayer to them. I don't go out, I go out to the cemetery, I hang out there, not to talk to mom and dad. They're not gonna to respond to me. All right, that's not how it works within the scriptures. God is the only one who hears my prayers. I can't say to a saint, I can't say to to some past person that I know was a godly person, hey, can you bring these prayers to God for me? Because Jesus is the one who hears my prayers and brings them to the Father. So I don't need a middle person in order for that to happen. So I want you to say, Mary is blessed. Mary, a teenage girl is going through this and she believes what the angel says and she acts upon that and in the midst of that, she begins to sing this song. Now I don't think it was to words. Most of my songs that I write start off as poems and that's what many of the songs, some are set to music, some are not i don't know if this was ever set to music i I looked i couldn't find anything i'm sure someone has written these words down but i want us to read together her song and we're going to just kind of go through a few verses of this so luke 1 46 words will be up on the screen let's read this together and mary said my soul glorifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Now, that's pretty good for a teenage girl. All right, that's good for anybody at any age to, to, I mean, to recount because there's so much scripture that she's going back to, so much of the, what we call the Old Testament that she's reflecting on. This young gal who now is can't keep it in from what's going on. And verse 46, we're just going to unpack a few verses here. It says this, and Mary said, "My soul glorifies the Lord." The Amplified version says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies and extols the Lord. I love that word, magnify. Some of your translations say that, magnify. My brother and I, he's out in Texas, we were talking about our favorite gifts during Christmas time. It's funny, his lists were different than my list. With six kids, we remember There was one Christmas that I guess my dad got a bonus because there was a lot of Christmas gifts that were there. And one of my favorite that we talked about was, I don't know if you've ever seen the Mattel Vertibird. Did anyone get one of these? The Vertibird. Man, I love this toy. It's it's like $700 now if you wanna find it. But I love this toy, the Vertibird, because you pick up, I mean, you can go and pick up stuff and drop things, I mean, it was a great toy. I loved it so much that when it came Christmas for my kids, I bought them one so I can play with it, all right? I love G.I. Joe's, I mean, I, I had all the, I still got a locker from G.I. Joe's, and I remember this one, I had, I had so many pieces, oh, to have those today, that I would be a rich man. Of all the G.I. Joe's I had, I remember getting a mic- a microscope, I, I love science, I couldn't understand a lot of it, but I loved cutting myself, putting it on a little tray, Some, how many did that, Were you, okay, <laughs> you cut yourself, see the blood, put it underneath there and just zero in, I love the microscope. But I also enjoyed the telescope. And I remember we were talking about getting a (coughs) telescope growing up and how we'd sit outside and try to find things. Then my dad graduated to a bigger one. Uh, And it's funny because Hazel May wants a telescope for Christmas. And the thing about telescopes and microscopes, which I love both of them, they both magnify. But they magnify in different ways. A microscope makes small things look bigger than they are, right? A telescope makes big things begin to look as big as they they really are. I love the microscope because it, you know, see blood cells or put your hair underneath there or a bug and see all those things. But to look through a telescope, and that's why I'm fascinated with the Hubble telescope and every picture you can get from space. I mean... This was the first picture from, from space looking at Earth. That's that same shot. And when, you know, one of the first pictures, they're a telescope to look at just the galaxies. And just, those are all galaxies. And that's just one little section. But then they begin to magnify. I go to the next slide. I mean, these are some of my favorite pictures. It just looks like a hand of God. And then that one's called the eye of God. That is out there in space, and the enhancement that each one of these, or you know, galaxies are surrounded by stars and planets, is just incredible. And I could stare at these things forever, because the telescope magnifies; it brings to life how big something is out there. And that's the main point today, is. This. We are all called to make God's greatness to look as great as it really is. We're called to magnify it. We're taught just to blow it up, just to let people know how awesome God is and how he works. I mean, that's our job. That's what Mary was talking about. My soul magnifies and extols the Lord. 1 Peter 2.9 puts it this way, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedica- dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him. You guys are to, to magnify what God has done and who God is. And we do that for when he acts in our life, we just let people know everything that that can possibly happen. John Piper puts it this way, let us feel, think, and act in a way that will make God look as great as he really is. I love that. But when I got to thinking about this stuff, guys, you can't magnify what you haven't experienced. And you can't magnify what you quickly forget. And how quickly we forget when things, we read the news, we see things on TV and we just kind of get in that mode and it's always they're rolling out something else to worry about, something else that's gonna kill us all. It's constantly, constant. And somehow we need to continue to pray that we experience that. That was Paul's prayer. That was my prayer this morning for us at Arise in Ephesians 1.18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope To which he's called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I mean, what a prayer that we should be praying during this Christmas time that God would open our eyes. God, let me see, let me not miss. I say it every year constantly. I said at the staff last Friday or Christmas party, let's not miss Christmas. Let's not miss the grandeur. Let's not miss the emphasis of what it's all about and the joy and, and sometimes, it just open our eyes. Let us see as a kid sees, of just oh, ooh, wow. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted it to be when you walked in this place. Of wow, the trees, the this, the that. I mean, it's just lights, it's just decorations, and now we got to figure out where we're going to put all this stuff after it comes down. But to live in that place when we've experienced God whether in the smallest way, our job is to magnify that to others. Psalm 103.2 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because we tend to forget. We can remember difficult times. We can remember the last time we went through a hard time, and maybe we're still going through a hard time. But we have to sit down and remember when When did this happen? Oh, that's right. That's why I journal. I don't journal every day. I journal journal all the time. But when I journal, I go back and I reread. That's right, God did this. And God did this. And God answered this. Of remembering. And that's what Mary had. She had incredible joy. Verse 46. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior she had a deep joy of what God was doing. And the response is praise. Whether that's standing up, whether that's sitting down and getting low, whether that's hands in the air, whether that's clapping your hands. Yesterday, <coughs> you ladies were here, which meant my wife was here, which meant I could turn my stereo up as loud as I wanted to. And I got a surround sound placed in there and I put on Messiah rocks. Now I just put it on there to see how my sound system would handle it. And the first song started going and I got chills and I sat there for the hour and 10 minutes to watch the whole thing and I kept cranking it up. I'm sure the kids walk by, dad's listening to something because the ground is moving right now. And I'm telling you, as we're listening to this, if you've never watched or seen Messiah Rocks, it is an incredible, handles Messiah just rocked out a bit with a full orchestra, it's awesome. But I sat there, and I'm glad I was by myself watching them because I'm crying, I'm weeping. I mean, it was just so powerful, the joy that was there because you just have to praise. And sometimes that's with tears. Sometimes that's with clapping. That's sometimes, yes, of joy. I mean, joy to the world, the Savior is born. That should be our response to these things. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. And always give thanks to the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I was reading that passage when a a friend of mine from the East Coast texted me because he knows where I'm sitting. And uh, of course, it's... It's later back there, and he's just thinking about you today. And I go, man, I just read this verse. And I just want to say, man, I'm rejoicing in our friendship. And just, again, to rejoice the joy that comes in. I, I can't contain it. I got to let people know whether I'm singing, whether I'm shouting, whether I'm crying, whatever it may be. Just the joy that's inside of me. And Mary throughout this psalm, is going back, and we'll do a lot more of this next week when it talks about just all the Old Testament references that she is bringing up. That's why Paul says in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. I mean, the word of God comes in and I can't can't contain it. I gotta tell people whether I'm singing it, whether I'm praising it, whether I'm saying it. And her joy (laughs) was deep inside and she had to praise God. That's why the rest of verse 47 there says, and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Because Mary needed a savior just like every single one of us did. She needed grace, just like every single one of us did. And her rejoicing is in the fact of remembering, God is my Savior. What a great time during this Christmas time, just to remember, to sit back and recall when you came to Christ. When did God reveal himself? Were you a little child? Was it when you are an adult? Was it recently? Was it a long time ago? Of just joy of that God is my Savior. That's what Christmas is all about, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, coming with us. Verse 48 says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on to all generations, they will call me blessed. That word mindful means that he has chosen not only is God my savior but then you reflect on God's mindful of me he's mindful of you right now whatever situation you're walking through whether man everything's fantastic you don't know how it's ever been better or you don't know how it could get any worse than this God is mindful he understands david said this in psalm 8 Verse 3, when I considered your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, which I would love. Can you imagine if David had the shots of Hubble today and rewriting Psalm 8? I mean, he just saw specks in the sky. He didn't know those were galaxies. He could see the moon. He, didn't, he just saw stars That's said, can you imagine that the hand, that I, If you show that to David, now write a psalm, what are you going to say? I mean just the explosion that would come out of him. He's just seeing with the naked eye. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with the glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hand and put everything under his feet. Here's Mary saying, the God of the universe. Notice I'm going to tell you, the God of the universe notices you. That should be, again, an opportunity just to praise. My God and my Savior, you are mindful of me. Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 1, 26, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Remember Not many of you were wise by human standards. You weren't that smart. Some of you. Mainly people in the second service. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. He was mindful of me in my humble state. He knows my name. Not only that, verse 49 talks about he did great things for her. <coughs> verse 49 For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Chad wrote down and go, okay, how many great things? can a 13-year-old celebrate? I mean, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, she's gonna be the carpenter's wife and now she's been told she's pregnant. Some of you may have understand what it means to get pregnant in your teenage years of holy moly, what, what does that bring about? And especially in that culture, what it brought about, that all of a sudden she's mindful of the great things of God, a 13-year-old? How many things can they write down? Better yet, how many things can you write down? Because every year there should be mighty things. Every year there should be this list that you're making. That's why I love Kevin's mom. I mean, Kevin's mom has her rainbow list. She writes in every day, things that she's just celebrate. rainbow list things. It could be a great cup of coffee. You know that cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> you just take that sip and you just, oh yeah. I mean, this morning, I, my eyes were open at 2.30 in the morning. I don't, I don't know what happened. They were awake. But my very first thought after I woke up and realized, I'm not going back to sleep. A cup of coffee, because I grind my coffee. I was just thinking about how good that tasted early in the morning. And it really did taste good. What are the mighty things that God has done from the little to the big? She's remembering those things. That's what 1 Samuel 12, 24 says. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Psalm 126. Our mouths are filled with laughter, our tongues with the songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. The Lord's done great things for me. And when you begin to write that list down, when difficult times come, not if, when. And you may be sitting right in the middle of those. I have a long list of people who are going through difficult times right now. Not a one that I'd wish on an enemy. Uh, whether it be sicknesses, whether it be emotional issues, whether it be job issues. Um, There needs to place in the midst of that to remember, even in my lowly state, I have been saved. God has saved you. God has saved me. I have to remember that he has chosen me. He has remembered me. He has remembered you. And that God has done great things. Make a list so you don't forget especially when days get difficult. How is God magnified in your life? Your spirit rejoicing in God magnifies God. When I rejoice, when I celebrate, when I talk about the great things of God that he has given me, I don't care what it is from small to great. Whether it's the ability just to take a breath in the morning, whether it's the ability to, to write, to do art, to create things, whether it's just to, 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 to participate with family, the things that I just enjoy. I mean, even just sitting in the back there with my little Alexander, in, and he's just staring and just looking at everything. As I look at Alexander, I'm just trying to think, what is he taking in? As, as Ted's up there playing that song. of just glory in the highest as he's just watching everything. Your spirit rejoicing is how God is magnified, how God has shown off from the little things to the big things. We've used this phrase before many times that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him think about that god is more glorify, most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him and there's something that comes you can see someone who's satisfied you can see it's kind of like after a big meal and just a dessert you just ah, satisfaction and that brings glory to god that we are called to make god's greatness look as great as it really is so let us feel think and act in a way that will make god look as great as he really is so how are you going to put a telescope on what god's done in your life and i understand guys i understand everyone is at so many different stages here from you're on top of top of the mountain and some of you are in the deep of the valley and everything in between. I still can look back. That God is my Savior. That hasn't changed. That's not. God. That God is mindful of me. He understands where I'm at right now. And because of that, I'm going to recall. I'm going to recount. Recount the great things that God has done. how today are you going to magnify, make big all the things that God has done in your life? and Who are you going to tell? Father in heaven, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your goodness, one of waking us up this morning, getting us dressed, getting us here. So Lord, I pray that uh, we would magnify you. We would celebrate the fact that You are our Savior. We celebrate the fact that you are mindful, you've chosen, we'll celebrate the mighty things that you have done. And we will magnify that for others to see and experience through what you've done in our lives so that we can give hope to those in this world who are just seeking after something to believe in. May we be that light, I pray in Jesus' name.